Well, I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. And you're listening to another episode of Who I Do. The podcast that talks about why you can't find a size 18 dress when you're a size 14. You and these little what? lines. <laughs> Anyway, so today we're talking about bridal shopping, like looking for a dress, but in Rona, like in this whole pandemic, you know how my dress shopping process was. If not, go back. Dang, how many episodes were it? Like 60, 70? By the time this airs, we're in our 70s. So yeah, it was a while ago. Basically, I didn't have a great shopping experience. Like I went to six stores. I almost went to nine. Um, all the dresses start start to look the same. Mm-hmm. And most of, you know what? Going bridal shopping is like a freaking assembly line. That, to me, is the experience. It's not personal. They're just trying to get you in and out. They don't care. Your appointment is like a C-section. Come on. Let's go a ahead. C-section? Do, you know, C-sections be appointment-based. Because they try oh. to hurry up. They don't have time to wait for you to just have the baby naturally. Like my homegirl right now, she's probably going through that right now. Anyway. I, I was just like, uh, Ashley, don't compare this to a C-section. Okay. Well, okay. Well, maybe it's not like a C-section, but it's definitely like an assembly line, especially some of these places that don't give you a personal touch. They don't yeah. care about the type of dress you want, the type of dresses you've been looking at. They don't care about your Pinterest board. They don't Mm -hmm. care about any of that. They don't care about your silhouette. And they might not even have dresses in your size. Maybe they do care, but you don't feel that within your appointment, you know, just because they have so many other brides to take care of. Mm-hmm. and sometimes at the same time yeah exactly exactly talking to courtney was great because it really just goes to show that there are people that are very cognizant of how the bridal shopping experiences and they know the reality of it like it's not perfect for everyone it's not warm and fuzzy it's not a fun feeling for everyone especially if you are a woman of a certain size a certain height you know, the shops, some of these shops don't have the style that you're looking for, the color you're looking for, and what they do have might not fit you. So you don't feel that great, especially if you have to go to shops where you're standing next to other girls looking for their dresses and they're a lot smaller than you and they are able to find these dresses and they're trying to win a whole bunch. And you got like four and you look like a busted can of Pillsbury. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's all. But anyway, Courtney, um, it was a great conversation discussing bridal fashion in times of COVID because I would have never really assumed how much things changed. And some of it hasn't, but there are things that have changed. And so we talk about all of it. 
it was a great conversation. So I think that you all will enjoy this episode. So as you all know, we have a shop. Yeah, we've actually had a shop a lot longer than some of your favorite other shops. But look, you can shop there too. But right now, we want you to shop with Hue I Do. Go to shop.hueido.com and find stickers, mugs, sweatshirts, tees, and so much more for you, your bridal party, and your favorite wedding vendors. So thank us later, but enjoy it now. Listeners, we have a very special guest on the show with us tonight. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello. Yes, my name is Courtney Robinson, and I am the owner of Winnie Couture Nashville. Um, We are a bridal salon that is a designer that specializes in customizations. Um, We have tons of different silhouettes. We cater to all brides. And we are in the business of creating your dream one-of-a-kind wedding dress. Love that. Yes. We talked so much about that shopping experience and how, you know, like you might look online for a dress somewhere and then you see it in person or you don't really see it in person because the color that, you know, you thought you wanted or the size that really fits you is not available. So Really, really glad to hear and learn more about what you're doing um, at Winnie Couture. But, you know, before we completely dive into that, um, how long have you been in the industry? Um, So I've been in the industry for three years. Um, Obviously, I've been passionate about fashion, women's wear and bridal since I was very young. and so this obviously a uh, opportunity presented itself um, three years ago to allow me to, tr- you know, become a part of the wedding industry and in the um, wedding dress industry, which has been extremely exciting because now, you know, me running this shop doesn't feel like work because it's something that I've always dreamed of, something I've been passionate about. And who doesn't want to be a part of somebody's wedding journey? and a part of something that they'll cherish and remember for forever, so. Nice. So what led you to Winnie Couture in Nashville? Years ago, um, tried to design actually my own women's ready-to-wear line. And hmm. and so I won't say I tried to design, I actually did design it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously encountered the hurdles that come along with being a designer. And that's finding great fabric, finding great manufacturers, finding good sourcers for materials and things like that. And unfortunately, I had some challenges with finding um, some great resources would actually to actually bring the garments to life. So after investing, you know, a, a pretty significant amount of money, I decided to put it to the side, regroup and look at uh, potential other opportunities that would allow me to pursue my passion, which was to get into fashion or into bridal. Um, and then I was uh, approached um, by somebody that heard about the opportunity that Winnie Couture was franchising. So because I live in Atlanta, I was very, very familiar with the brand and the uniqueness of the brand. And so I knew that if I wasn't going to be able to approach it from being an independent designer perspective, the fact that Winnie Couture offered these wonderful customizations, um, the fact that you can do red carpet colors, the fact that you could actually 
pretty much change anything on the dress to create your dream dress to me was kind of like a match made in heaven. Right. So that way I could still be involved in what I almost look like, look at as being a part of the design process, because when a bride comes in and she wants to change the neckline or she wants to add sleeves or she wants to change the straps because the brand has the flexibility of doing that, that still allows me to also tap into that part of the process that I loved, which was creating these designs um, that ultimately the bride had envisioned the entire time, you know, as she was looking at wedding dresses, pinning dresses to her Pinterest board and things like that, and being unable to actually find exactly what she might've desired, we were able to say, we can create that for you. We can make that happen for you. So that's kind of how um, I got aligned with the Winnie brand because it definitely was in alignment with what I ultimately wanted to do. And that was being able to be a part of the design process. That's truly a blessing, you know, mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, God was like, no, you're not done. You know, right. I know that you've invested all this money, you know, yes. into this first business, but I am going to go ahead and present this other door, you know, that you can just go ahead and walk through. So yes. that's truly a blessing. And yes. it's something that you're passionate about. And that's something that I think we all are searching for. Absolutely. What a great perspective. I mean, that's exactly right. And I mean, I can imagine too, that it probably makes everyone that comes through your door, like it, it's the more enriched experience because you are so passionate about it. It's not just like, you're just a bridal stylist and, you know, you could care less or, you know, it's just a commission thing or, you know, just a like, I think people, especially in that stage, your bridal shopping experience, your gown shopping experience should be so perfect. Like (laughs) it should really be perfect. Um, Your proposal should be perfect and you're shopping for your dress. You should be able to feel beautiful and that the, you know, the type of gown that you're looking for, despite your size is there Um, in the style that you want, the colors you want, it flatters you. Um, you know, I don't think anyone should feel like, okay, because I am this size or because I am this tall or because whatever that I have to settle for a wedding gown or settle for, you know, my bridal shopping experience. And I mean, we're talking mostly tonight about kind of how COVID shifted and kind of like shaped bridal fashion because, Um, of course, I mean, there's a lot of things that have changed in the last year, (laughs) just about right. So, um, but even in that there still might be brides that feel like they have to kind of downgrade or kind of shift their expectations based on turnaround times or, you know, shops that are available or open and, you know, different parts of the United States are, operating at different levels of openness, right? Some are completely open and some are still on restrictions, which I'm sure can impact that as well. So saying all that to say, going back to you being very passionate about this, despite whether, you know, we're in a pandemic or we're years beyond this, that same amount of passion will be able to change and make someone's bridal shopping experience so much better. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, that was the other great thing about, you know, one of the great things I think about the Winnie Couture brand as well is because it was already from a cultural perspective, a very intimate experience 
COVID really didn't impact it much because that's the way we were already running business where, you know, 99% of the time it's by appointment only. We invest a lot of time in communicating with our brides upfront to find out what her real vision is, you know, all the way down to the very minor details that some people don't consider. Like, are you getting married when the sun is setting? Are you getting, you know, where is your reception going to be indoors or outdoors? What are your colors? What are your bridesmaids and dresses going to look like? What are your flowers going to look like? Because it's, I feel like it's our job at Winnie Couture to, to where we're dialing into all of those details because all of those things will ultimately impact to me what's another, you know, important part of the, of your wedding experience is your photos, right? Because at the end of it, 5, 10, 15, 20 years later, when you look at what you have left from that day, it's your images, right? And so to me, I take it very seriously that we can't just be about selling a dress but how is that bride going to feel about that dress 10, 15, 20 years from now? And the only way we can make sure that she's still in love with that dress is because we factored in all of that into, you know, into when we decided what dresses we would pull for her, what dresses we think she should really try and letting her also think about things that she might not have thought of, you know, when it came time to select that particular dress. So that that's our job at Winnie Couture, along with the personal experiences, truly also understanding what the bride's desires are all the way down to the very minor details that we you know, obviously don't play a part in, but the dress will ultimately have a factor in those things as well. So I think that we do a great job at Witty Couture Nashville, making sure that we deliver on that experience that you were talking about, literally from the moment you either call us or send us an email or send us an intake form, we're, we're truly thinking about not only when you come in, what is that experience like, but how did you feel about that experience 10 years from now? Um, not only from being in the shop, but the dress that you ultimately selected that I would hope you would want to still wear to the grocery store or or wear put on every now and then and not just leave it hanging in the closet because you're like, <laughs> why did I choose this dress? <laughs> I love that you all are very detailed and you have this whole intake process. Yes. Now, you know, because I'm not there yet, is this normal for like, many bride shops to, you know, have like an intake process? Because I feel like when I went with you, Ashley, did you complete that intake process or, you know, cause I feel like they were just pulling dresses for you and. Yeah. Like most places, uh, if anything, they might ask how many people are coming, maybe what designers you like, or if you know of certain styles, maybe, but I mean, honestly, I can't think of any place that really asks that. Now, one thing they will ask is what's your budget? Right. <laughs> so they can mentally put you in a bucket of like, right. okay, am right. I going to really rock with you or not? Because some of these, some of the big, you know, shops that everyone knows about because they're on TV or, you know, like so-and-so celebrity went there, you try to go with like your humble budget. Right. And not to say your humble budget is like a small budget, but exactly. you might not be trying to spend $5,000 on a dress or 7,500 on a dress. So they're going to put you over here and tell you that, you know, you can come and shop if you are within 90 days of your wedding or like, you know, they have certain standards for basically like, okay, well, if we're only going to get 2000 out of this person, then 
we're not going to give you the full experience. We're not going to give you the TV show experience. So for me, I mean, I don't really remember filling out any forms that made the experience like, okay, they know what to expect for me when I arrive. Yeah. Um, And I I mean, you were pretty much, yeah, you're pretty much there with me yeah. for like all those shops. I think you might have missed just a few, but even mm-hmm. the ones you miss, you did not miss anything. <laughs> like, yeah, because I don't remember you telling me about that intake process because that would have helped tremendously. It would have. I'm scared when it. <laughs> you know, I'm scared. <laughs> like when it. <laughs> yeah, when it's my turn, like I just, I'm just like, uh, I don't want to go through that same process that you went through. Right. I'm just being honest. So. Right. I love the fact that you all yeah. take the time and you all care to actually do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think at the end of the day, I, I think what you both are expressing is probably true because that's how my experience was when I was dress shopping years ago when I got married. Um, and I remember that's how I ended up with the first dress actually losing the 50% deposit that I put down because I ended up at another dress shop. Um, looking for bridesmaids dresses and the stylist there was actually dialed in, held out. And I ended up actually falling in love with what I ultimately wore, ended up being my dream dress. But I remember the first couple of places that I went, it was, you know, I came in, nobody really asked me questions. You know, we might've had some minor questions about silhouette and they kind of pulled a couple things. And like I said, I am a firm believer. That's probably how I ended up with a dress that I ended up not going with at the end of the day. Um, So I definitely, as an owner of a bridal salon, wanted to make sure that that was not the experience that we were delivering and at the store in Nashville. I think it's extremely important for people, especially, you know, when you talk about budget, $2,000 is a lot of money. I mean, $2,000 is a lot of money right now, especially even more so during COVID. And for somebody to not take your dress shopping experience seriously, you know, when you're coming to spend that $2,000 because it's not $5,000 is very, you know, I would think would be disheartening for any bride. But I think that when women are, you know, when families and brides are spending money on a wedding dress, it's a very expensive undertaking. And with that should come a wonderful experience. And so we do take that experience very seriously from the moment, you know, we're, you know, introduced to the bride and the fact that the bride wants to come visit the salon, we have to be, and it's mandatory that we're dialed in to make sure that we're truly not only, like I said, creating a great experience in the salon on that day, but leading up to that day, up until, you know, even when you're coming to pick up your dress and even beyond saying that five, 10, 15 years from now, when you're looking back at those wedding photos saying, I made the right decision going to that salon and picking that dress and going with that company because they checked every single box that I was expecting that a lot of us dream about since we've been, you know, little girls, you know, I mean, we know that the way that bridal and weddings and the whole experience is talked up through, you know, movies and (laughs) all these different things that we encounter, you know, as as young women. Um, And so we do have this perception in our minds. And I think it's very disheartening when people aren't meeting those expectations, but we're certainly meeting those expectations at Winnie Couture in Nashville. Awesome. Awesome. Well, don't want to shift subjects, but kind of have to. 
Okay. <laughs> so we're going to go play a quick game of this or that. Okay. We do it every week. You pick between one option or the other. You tell us the one that you would prefer to have and why. And so we'll start out with you, Courtney. We'll play okay. a quick four rounds of this. Um, Tania, you'll go afterwards, as you know, and then we'll circle back around. So to kick it off, since uh, we are really talking about how like COVID has impacted the bridal fashion space, the thing that nobody wants, but we might have at least for a little bit longer. So pick between the beaded face mask or the bedazzled face shield. I'd say the beaded face mask. Okay. Why? Because I have a background in healthcare. <laughs> Real? <laughs> I think the beaded mask, I just think is more protective. I think that, you know, the shield is great for, from an aesthetics perspective, but I think if you're not going to wear that shield with a mask, that shield is probably useless. So you might as well <laughs> without the shield. So I think it's definitely just a fashion statement. And so I think in order to get fashion and safety in the, in, into the same space, I would go with the mask. Okay. All right. Tania. Now, when you first gave us these options, I automatically knew that I was going to choose the mask only because, you know, <laughs> for the very same reasons that Courtney mentioned, the shield is great only if you're wearing a mask under the shield. Right. If you sneeze, if you cough, you know, yes, um, you know, like the particles aren't, I guess like they're not coming towards a person, but they're going around that shield. And so... Yeah, I'm definitely going to go with the mask all day, every day. Maybe two, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. Okay, so I really didn't know how either one of you would have responded. And I was like, oh, maybe we'll get one that's like, oh, I'm going to go with the face shield because I want to mess up my makeup. But look, if we're in this COVID times, I'm with both of y'all, honestly. I want the face shield and the mask. That's how I've just been personally moving around when I have to move around anyway. So um, I think wedding-wise, I mean, if I had to pick one or the other, probably the beaded face mask because I don't like bedazzled anything. (laughs) I just think of like someone's auntie taking hot glue and like, you know, putting together like, <laughs> you know, a little aesthetic or whatever. Um, no, nah, don't go to Michael's or Joanne's for me. Um, okay. <laughs> so next round, when we're thinking of an outfit to wear to elope, would you wear a jumpsuit or a knee length dress? I would wear a knee length dress. Okay. Okay. Any particular reason why? Um, I Because I think it still set, speaks wedding to me. I think even if you're eloping or even if you're going to the courthouse, I still think that it's a very special occasion. And all of us, I think when we're going to the altar, envision only doing it once. And so mm-hmm. I think about, you know, because that's a once in a lifetime opportunity, why not wear something that you wouldn't normally wear to any other event? And there are times that where events would call for me wearing a pantsuit. So that's why I definitely would still go with a T-length dress. Okay. Oh, that's Please. a very good answer. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a rompers girl. I'm right. a, you know. <laughs> I know. I know. So, you know, I'm going to go with that option, but you make a great point, Courtney. <laughs> like I would wear that to the dinner. 
You know, when we go True. to dinner after helping, yeah. I would wear the pantsuit because I, I am a girl who loves a good pantsuit. Yes. But, but I think for the actual occasion, I'd wear, definitely wear the dress. Okay. Um, for me, I would probably go with the dress as well, just because I don't think I wear jumpsuits or, you know, that kind of, I don't think that's for me. That's Tania is not for Ashley. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next round. So think of your postponed reception. So you eloped. And now because you had already spent all this money, you're going to have something at some point at some time. <laughs> um, so would you go with a dress that is ivory or a dress in your favorite color? Wow, that's a hard one. I say I would go with the dress in my favorite color. I like it. Yes. I say go all out, especially if you had to elope and a lot of family and friends didn't get to participate in mm -hmm. your big day. I think this is your opportunity to still be and feel like the bride. Um, so I say that's your moment. So, you know, once again, a, a, an event that'll be rare. So I say go for it. So I say, if you want to wear a red dress, a blue dress, a purple dress, go for it. I love that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and wear my burgundy dress. You hey. know, burgundy is my favorite color. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, a burgundy dress. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Okay. For me, I'll be honest, I don't know. I think the dress would have to speak to me. So if it is a really nice ivory dress, then it would be an ivory dress. But if it's, you know, it could be a sangria colored dress, a turquoise dress, something that compliments me well, probably not turquoise, but something that compliments me well. Um, I mean, it could be, it could be a black dress. Like it could be any dress. Like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because I'm as long as I look good, it's still my reception. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, all right. So final round. Um, let's think about up here and whatnot. So are you going to go with the cathedral veil or a fascinator or like a little hair piece? Mm, for me, I'd go with both. Ooh, okay. I would do both. I would do a headpiece and a cathedral veil. And then like for the reception, I would transition just to the headpiece, but I would do oh, both. I like that. Ooh, that's, that's a great answer. Tania going to say the same thing. Watch. <laughs> I mean, I wanted... <laughs> <laughs> you know, usually I will say both, but you know, Ashley, she always yells at me, you need to pick one, you need to pick one. So Not I will big day. True, true. <laughs> and I agree. I agree. Right. I, I yes, I truly agree. But I'm gonna go with the headpiece. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going with Courtney. I want to do both. <laughs> I like <laughs> how are you breaking your own rules? <laughs> I like that idea though. Like for the ceremony, you're getting the drama of like the tradition, you're getting the long veil, you're getting this, you know, like dewy bridal kind of feel. And then it's like, all right, now that we're done, I can take this off and let me party. But I got this cute, you know, hair piece. And so like I'm still, I'm still all, you know, like it's just the the reception me not the ceremony me you know mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. okay okay 
Well, that was, uh, I always love playing this or that. That's, I swear, it's one of my favorite parts of the show. Um, But now, yeah, we're going to just really get into this conversation about how COVID has impacted bridal fashion. Like at first, when I was thinking about the topic, I was like, has it really? But then I thought about how COVID has affected weddings overall. And so, of course, that means that the bridal fashion has also changed in that because some of us are having multiple weddings, right? Some of us are eloping and then having a reception later, having a micro wedding and having a bigger reception at a later time, or they're going completely destination or they're, you know, like, you know what, screw it. We're just going to elope or just, you know, do something in two, three, four months, like within the same season and all of those things, because I think this is more of a reality that we're having to consider now because of the pandemic definitely impacts every other vendor that is associated. We've discussed how COVID has impacted catering. Um, We've talked to a few brides that have either eloped or pushed off their weddings or, you know, they had to basically figure out what they were going to do differently because of COVID. So I'm interested and excited to have this conversation because we haven't talked about how COVID has impacted the fashion side of things. So... Tania, take it away. Kick us off. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So describe the state of bridal fashion from 2018 to 2019. So I think the state of fashion was, it was wide open, right? And thriving. So I think that when most of the fashion trends, what people were shopping for was definitely your, you know, beaded gowns, gowns with long trains, colored dresses, um, dresses that were over the top in regards to detail, in regards to the structure of the gown, length, you know, the train length, different things like that. Yeah, I think we definitely saw, you know, a lot of that. And, you know, I think over time, the the industry has kind of shifted. I think, you know, from what I've seen, we're getting more plain, I don't want to say plain, What's the word? Minimalistic? Yeah. 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 And I think that's the new trend. Right. And I definitely can say that's what we've seen, you know, as we began to discover that COVID was not going to be like a month, two month, three month thing, that this could actually extend a year or beyond. And you had a lot of brides that, you know, had to make some decisions, right? Do I attempt to shift my wedding a year or two years from now? Or do we move forward with at least getting married and then plan, you know, a bigger reception or something that can include family and friends later down the road? And so I think the brides that opted to go ahead and move forward with some type of micro wedding or Zoom wedding or elopement, you know, those brides that were coming in shopping were definitely looking for, you know, minimalistic dresses that didn't have a lot of beading, didn't have a lot of train to them, but just something that they still felt was elegant and, you know, in spoke bridal, but definitely was not what you were seeing in the 2018, 2019 trends where people were wearing dresses with feathers on them and extensive, you know, beading and crystals. Um, And I, you know, and, and unfortunately I hate that was the case because I still feel like these are your pictures. This is your, this was your time. This was your moment. And even though you weren't going to be able to have 150 people, 
partake in it, that was still one aspect of your, of your wedding that you still were able to control. And so, um, you know, I wish, you know, some of the brides would have been still open to kind of pushing the envelope, but I completely understand, you know, why some chose to go a more traditional, uh, minimalistic route when it came to the wedding dress they ultimately selected. Um, and maybe those, you know, I think some of those brides will come back during the reception and probably do something more in line with what they maybe had initially envisioned for their day prior to COVID. Definitely. I can imagine that we wouldn't know to wear minimalistic like elopement outfits if it wasn't already kind of put out there. It's like, if right. you are eloping, you, you know, wear something kind of, you know, nothing too fancy, nothing gaudy, just something kind of plain, something you could probably wear multiple times. Right. You're finding a cocktail dress or something more so than like a wedding dress. Or if it's a wedding gown, it's very, you know, like, what's that? The like uh, column silhouette, silhouette or like the sheath silhouette, I think. Kind of like what Meghan Markle wore, like Absolutely. sort of kind of where it's like, you know, you didn't get the beating and all that, um, which... I mean, who told us that? Like, we should, like you're saying, wear whatever we want it. But anyway, so you've, of course, mentioned that. But what else, you know, since 2020 has changed about bridal fashion? So I definitely, you know, I think temporarily that's kind of where things where we were in the initial phases of COVID. But I definitely think that the like 2020, 2021 trends are back in line with what 2018, 2019. I think we're definitely, even though some of these dresses are still uh, might have that sheath look or the flowy look, I think you're definitely still seeing extended trains, you know, satin buttons going all the way down the train or crystal buttons going down. Um, people are, you know, love sleeves right now. Um, so, and the great thing about sleeves is you can build them detachable. Um, we certainly do it at Winnie Couture. So you could have a sleeve on for your actual ceremony and then take them off for your reception. Um, so you're not constricted and, you know, you have freedom of movement to dance all night. So we're definitely seeing the trend of sleeves coming back. So I definitely think that designers were designing with, you know, knowing that eventually COVID there would be an answer to, reducing COVID infections and getting back to the wedding fashion industry like it was pre-COVID. And so I think that most designers still designed with that same thought process in mind. And we're still seeing that those trends to me are just still pushing fashion forward um, from the 2018, 2019 uh, fashion season. So how are bridal shops still embracing the social distancing and also at the CDC guidelines? So I, for us at Winnie Couture in Nashville, like I said, our process did not change much um, because we were definitely already managing our appointments very similar and in line with what the restrictions were requiring, right? Five to six people, depending on the square footage. Um, we were definitely already doing ours by appointment only because we want to be able to intake our brides appropriately, be prepared for them. Um, when they come in and that requires, right, us having conversations with the bride, us being given an opportunity to look up her venue, look up, you know, get an opportunity to create what we call it Winnie Couture was, is a my closet, which is similar to Pinterest, where the bride gets to go on our site, pin all the dresses that she loves. 
So that way we can be as prepared as possible in regards to the vision and the direction that she's thinking um, for her wedding day. So by being appointment only, those were things that were already built into our culture. So really for us, it was the only thing that was was the added was the mask. So, you know, we were already, you know, cleaning the shop, cleaning the dresses and everything after every appointment. The only, you know, the only difference for us was that we're now doing appointments wearing masks. Um, but outside of that, really, our culture was had already adopted that intimacy, that custom experience um, and personalized one on one experience. So for us in our salon, we didn't really have to change our our rules and or change how we were managing our appointments. I love that you all are so like one-on-one, you know, when you, now this is me speaking from my experience with Ashley, even though we had an appointment, there were still many other groups of women who were there as well. So it's like your attention, of course it would be on the bride, but there'll be someone else in the corner and you'd be like, oh, that was nice. Oh, you know, maybe you can try on this dress too. So (laughs) yeah. exactly exactly mortified I mean exactly you know so although it was a air quote personal experience Mm -hmm. it was not a personal experience because you're in there with three or four other groups you know and you can hear other people talking and laughing and yeah I just love that you all you know had already adapted that culture of no Mm -hmm. you know it's just one bride you know and their family their friends yes and their party Exactly, exactly. And Um, I think it also creates a, to me, a comfort where, you know, some brides, I think that's what helps them create a level of comfort when they come out of that dressing room and step onto that pedestal is that they're only doing it for family and friends, right? So exactly. So they truly get, you know, everything is truly centered around them and their experience. And they're not apprehensive of somebody else seeing them or somebody or or them being uncomfortable because somebody else is in that space being able to look over you know because I know unfortunately in some wedding parties people are bringing their fathers people are bringing their best friends and sometimes their best friends are male and I don't know every bride probably wouldn't feel comfortable coming out of that dressing room in a wedding gown you know, trying to figure out if this is the right dress from them. And then you have all these additional eyes on you that aren't a part of the people that you brought. So I, and then I think that stylists could probably get easily distracted if you're trying to manage multiple appointments, or if, like you said, you're trying to hone in and focus on what your bride is saying and and you reading their nonverbal clues and their verbal clues to figure out, you know, are they loving this? Are we headed in the right direction? Do we kind of need to switch gears? And so I think, like I said, that's the beauty of our culture is that we pride ourselves on that intimate one-on-one experience. And so what I can tell you is that even if you don't find your dress at Winnie Couture Nashville, there won't be a single customer or person that came as a part of that bridal party that will say that we did not deliver on an exceptional experience, not a single person, because we truly take that entire process very seriously. And, you know, I think the brides appreciate it. We love, you know, what it creates for them, but it also allows us to do our job and do it well. That's awesome. How has the pandemic changed the bridal gown shopping timeline? 
So believe it or not, it's the same. So I think that that's the part that I wish, you know, and I think typically if people have wedding planners, their wedding planners will tell you, we need to be shopping for your dress immediately, just like your venue, because the typical turnaround time for a wedding dress is six to eight months. And that time frame has always existed. I think there might've been some designers depending on where they were sourcing their materials and depending on where their gowns were being manufactured might've been pushed out a little bit further than that, but that is the natural window for getting an actual, you know, custom gown made for you. Obviously at Winnie Couture, because we do design in house, we're able to expedite that up to four months, but most people do not have the flexibility to do that. So typically if you're finding yourself needing a dress, you know, within three to four months, you're probably more than likely going to have to either shop off the rack or on a sample sale, but normal construction for a gown has always been six to eight months. Wow. Okay. That's really good to know because I would have thought that, you know, that timeline would have changed, you know? Yeah. Okay. And people are shocked. Like the, when we say to them, like, we're like, right. oh, it is October. You actually need to be like letting us know in the next couple of weeks. They're like shocked. And we're like, no, like this has always been the accurate time frame because you have to also factor in, you know, your dress coming back on time, mm-hmm. making sure there are no issues with it, and then creating enough time for you to pick it up, get your alterations, and right. then be ready for your big day. So when you actually factor in that time frame, I mean, so that you, your wedding planner, and your and your your bridal party that's helping you out is not stressed out, that has always been the typical time frame. Okay. Yeah, I had no idea either. Okay. Um, kind of thinking to the pandemic bride, how open were brides just in general from what you've experienced, um, and seen to protective gear as a part of like their wedding day aesthetic? So I think initially in the beginning, people just knew that if they were going to have a wedding, that's the way it was going to have to be right. Um, especially if they were going to be utilizing some form of a venue, because most states or cities or counties had Mm -hmm. mandatory mass mandates. So I think it was just naturally a part of what they were going to be expecting to do. I think obviously as restrictions have lifted in certain states and counties, and then obviously restrictions being different um, over if you're, you know, we're actually going to Mexico or other places that were actually allowing you to travel to, I don't think they were um, being held to those same standards. So I think it was really dependent upon where the bride was really going to have their wedding. Now, obviously, if the bride was going to be having their wedding in their parents' backyard, um, which a lot of brides did because their parents had land and stuff like that, then they probably didn't have to factor in wearing masks because nobody was going to be on their parents' private property telling people that they had to wear masks. So I think it was definitely dependent on where they were going to actually be having their wedding Um, and how many people were going to be involved because obviously if just the bride and groom were going to be there and everybody else was going to be there via zoom, they probably weren't going to need to wear um, masks or protective gear. That makes a lot of sense. I forgot about, you know, the elopements at somebody's like yard or estate or barn or yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, has the quarantine 15, very similar to the freshman 15, influenced bridal silhouette preferences? Mm, no. Okay. I think that people have still, I think from a silhouette perspective, love what they love. So I think if you have a bride that absolutely loves an A-line or a ball gown, 
that's what they were going to go for. Now, it might have been a little more minimalistic, might not have had a lot of, you know, bling and crystals on it. But I definitely do not feel like brides, you know, what they felt beautiful in when it came to a silhouette. Now, can alterations accommodate the extra weight gained or lost? So what we recommend is or what we typically do is we do your measurements and we typically size to the largest part of your body because I will tell you when it comes to alterations, the um, seamstress can only do so much with a garment based on the fabric, right? So if that Mm -hmm. fabric is exactly sized to um, what you were and then you gain 20 or 30 pounds, there might not be enough fabric to take it out. So we always factor those things in when we're actually ordering the garment on our end, because like I said, there's only so much the seamstress can do on their end once the fabric has been cut away. Now, obviously, if the dress is much larger, then the seamstress could work with it all day taking it in. But it certainly becomes an issue if somebody gains weight. Um, So we definitely factor all of those things in when we order it on our end to make sure we can accommodate for fluctuation either up or down. Oh, that's nice. And and that's very smart. I didn't even think about that whole process, you know, um, in regards to you all ordering it, but that's, that's very smart, you know. But that's why we're good at our job. We're thinking about those exactly. The bride should not have to be stressed about. The bride should right. be able to just come pick up her dress, it fit perfectly, and she gets some minor alterations, and and she gets to have her happy dream day in her in a beautiful dress. So those are things that we, you know, we take it upon ourselves as professionals to uh, be factoring in, you know, when we're dealing with our brides. Nice. Okay. So with a lot of brides having two weddings, myself included, one day, um, (laughs) how does that affect their bridal day look? I mean, I know for myself, I got my dress in, what was it, October 2019? And then October last year, we eloped, but I did not wear that dress. I I went and found another dress. So for other brides, are they doing the same thing? Are they like, are they still, you know, getting their dress on that like schedule or, you know, how has that just impacted like us girls with the, with two ceremonies or two celebrations? Before I answer that, I have a question. So why didn't you wear your dress? (laughs) You sound like my mom now. So, (laughs) well, for me, I associated that dress with the venue with like an overall aesthetic. So when we decided to elope at home with just the two of us and my childhood pastor, I didn't, I struggled with wanting to, I don't want to say waste the dress, Mm -hmm. but kind of like, it's either I get a whole new fabulous dress that I fall in love with, which took a while for me to even like realize that was the dress like I've already shared that you know like I didn't have the the best shopping experience so for me even though I love that dress and I wanted him to see me in that dress I wanted everybody else to see me in that dress too and I think by eloping and I mean granted we did the virtual thing so a lot of people saw us virtually that entire look that I had in mind for myself, I didn't want that to be for the elopement. Because for me, 
mm-hmm. how I picture, like, even now as we're trying to figure out what our reception looks like, I'm now, and we've lost our venue. To me, I have to start over because it's not just as, as simple as, oh, just find a new venue and do all the things that you were going to do there, here. For me, it's like, do my colors change? You know, does, you know, like the bridesmaids have already gotten their dresses, but do I have a certain aesthetic now that is not, that has shifted because everything has changed. So for me, it was a harder, like I couldn't just throw on this dress because it's October 10th and we're getting married. Like, I mean, the dress I found, like it wasn't bad. It was a prom but dress you actually. Love that dress? Huh? You still love your original dress? Oh yes. Okay. But now I will, I'll, I'll be honest. My, when I was talking to my mom the other day, she was like, well, maybe now you get another dress. One part for kind of the ceremony, you know, the rece- right. like the uh, the vow renewal part. And then maybe, a, you know, like you wear one for one and then maybe you get a reception dress or maybe that's your reception dress. So now I'm like, child, you putting stuff in my head now? <laughs> but who knows? So that that that's why for me. Right. Yeah. So I think for me, um, a couple of things. So mm-hmm. our recommendation would be, we have had brides who similar situation, got a dress. Um, now factors have changed with venue and all of that kind of stuff. And now they want a different dress. So what we've done, unfortunately, we are not a bridal salon that buys back wedding dresses, but we have taken upon ourselves to get to know salons in our market that do so that we can help that bride if they ultimately do want to invest in another dress, what they consider their dream dress for now, you know, what they're going to be going for in, you know, in 2021, 2022, and is more in alignment that they can at least recoup some of that cost back. So my, we always, you know, assist them in partnering with bridal salons that do buy back uh, dresses that have, you know, either never been worn or have been worn. Um, so that that's always an option so that you can at least get some of your money back to then spend it on the other dress. The other mm-hmm. thing I would recommend is finding, maybe there's ways that we can work with our local seamstress to still incorporate that dress. Like you said, it, maybe it becomes the reception dress or maybe it becomes, um, and maybe we do some things like shortening it to make it a reception dress. Maybe mm. add um, cape sleeves um, to bring it more into what you might think is, you know, more in line with the fashion season because you might not feel like, you're, and maybe it's us adding appliques, extending the train. I mean, those are t- certainly things that we can do to either, mm-hmm. you know, to enhance the dress um, to make it in line with what you now envision being a part of your big day. Okay. Those are really good ideas. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So what should a budget-friendly bride do to create two different wedding looks? So there's a lot of wonderful things you can do. Um, so now we, we have what is called detachable trains. Um, so if you're a budget bride and you can't afford two dresses at Winnie Couture in Nashville, we can add a detachable train to any dress. Um, So that's a way to have a long extended train with all these beautiful appliques down it that match the dress as you're going down the aisle for your actual wedding. And then that dress, that actual train could actually be just snapped off. And now you just have a a dress for your reception that doesn't have the long train being a part of it. Another thing we could do is we could do a zip off so that it actually turns it into a short party dress. 
Um, that's always an option. Yep. So you can actually zip the bottom of the dress off so that you, you know, have freedom of movement. You don't have all that fabric you're carrying around that you were carrying down the aisle. Um, so we can convert a dress that way. Um, we could add a belt to the dress. We could add a bolero to the dress, you know, for the actual wedding. And then you take the bolero off. Um, to give it a, you know, more of a reception look. So there's a lot of different things from a fashion perspective we can add to give you the look with one dress and keep the budget in line with uh, what you were planning on spending, but give you two different looks. Courtney, you've given us, you're giving us all this like free game, basically. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We want our brides to be happy for the whole night, right? So, I mean, who wants to, you know, sometimes, you know, I know for a lot of brides, it's about comfort, right? And I know when it comes time for your reception, you want to be able to get down. You want to be able to dance. You want to have freedom of movement, but you want to feel beautiful during the wedding part. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the other part I think about, uh, you know, that comes with being a great stylist is being, being able to create those options for brides, even if they're on a budget. So for those who are attending a wedding virtually, how should they dress? I think they should dress exactly the way the bride wants them to dress. Good answer. (laughs) Even if, you you know, at the end of the day, it's their day. And if they've invited you to participate, I think that whatever they ask, their their guests should be willing and should want to accommodate. So I think if they want you to be sitting black tie behind that Zoom camera, that's what I would be doing if I was a guest of any of my great friends or family's weddings. I think that it's their day. And I think especially with covid you know, we should all be trying to be, you know, mindful of that and mindful of the fact that they've had to limit some of their experience, but the things that we can control as guests that they've invited to help, you know, try to at least give it some sense of normalcy. I think we should be willing to do that. So I think that if you want me to come dressed in a beautiful ball gown for your wedding, but I'm sitting behind the Zoom camera, that's exactly what I would do as a guest. That is a great point. I really, really think that the guests can help make, you know, uh, it's, it's a sucky situation nobody put upon themselves. Yep. So if you're at home, the one thing you can do, especially if the, get, if the couple has requested that though you're at home, still dress up. Absolutely. Um, whether you're just, I mean, you could be wearing shorts, basketball <laughs> shorts, but as long as your top gives the appearance that you put some effort into this, like I think of what Tania looked like at, you know, granted she, we live less than like, we're like two and a half miles away from each other, but Tania looked so pretty oh, and yeah. I just loved her outfit. Oh, and then I think of some other people that were in the bridal party that were wearing a hoodie don't say a hoodie at your wedding. So I don't know. It was so much fun dressing (laughs) up, you know, because it's been a while since I've been out and about, you know, and we live in Atlanta. And so, you know, the Mm -hmm. summertime is like brunch, you know, it's like, I mean, yeah. 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 Going out to dinner, you know, at a nice restaurant, wearing your heels. And we didn't get to do that 
in 2020, you know? So it was fun to dress up. Absolutely. Yeah. I look at it just like you. I would have took it as right. an opportunity to get dressed up in my Sunday best, put mm-hmm. some lipstick on, some red lipstick on. <laughs> and I would even put some heels on because it's been so long. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would have taken full advantage of being a part of somebody's wedding. See, you should have invited me to your wedding. I would have got dressed up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that Zoom camera. <laughs> Because as a bride, too, like when you get to the point, because we did it where we had breakout rooms, so we were able to see our guests afterwards. It was nice to see who dressed up versus who just showed up. And to me, like, granted, it's a Saturday. It's raining outside. We're on Zoom. But you could do us one little favor, just like pretend to give a damn just a little bit, bit. just a little bit. Especially for someone that's in the bridal party. I agree. <laughs> so <laughs> I cannot believe people from the bridal party had on hoodies. I I just I'm mortified. <sighs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so since the end <laughs> of the pandemic tunnel seems to be near, you know, we can at least see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel. It might not be that b- that bright, but we see it. Um right. How do you think that like COVID is going to impact like the wedding fashion, bridal fashion within like the next five years? Like, what are we going to take away from this? Um, so I don't know. I, I think the actual wedding dress experience, you know, even though like with some of our brides, we offered virtual appointments, it still was not the same as a bride being able to come in and actually mm-hmm. try on her dress. Um, So I think that because finding your dress is so unique, I see that after, you know, COVID completely clears up us going back to to what it always was. And that was, you know, what people ultimately held off for was to come in and have in-person appointments, because I just think it's hard to make that type of decision with a dress that you've never tried on. Um, And I think a lot of brides don't want to take that risk. And I think because of the amount of investment they're making, not only financially, but mentally, right? Because this is a day that they've been planning and thinking about and envisioning and, you know, and some women praying for since they were, you know, young ladies. So I think that our actual industry, you know, the wedding dress shopping experience will remain status quo you know, two, three, four, five years from now, it's still one of those unique experiences versus, you know, like other retail, you're seeing a lot of it going e-commerce and online. And I think that's easy to do when you're buying a pair of leggings and a top, you're like, oh, I don't like it, I can send it back. But that's not the case when you're talking about making, you know, a thousand, two thousand, five, six, seven thousand dollar investment and you have something in your mind that you envision and how you want to look. And I think the only way to truly get that look is to actually try it on and say that this works for me. Because that's the other thing we've learned, you know, as being a good stylist is that a lot of our young ladies that come in with this vision, they end up going to the whole other end of the spectrum. Like they're like, oh, I want something fitted, something, you know, with this and that. And then they end up getting an A-line or a ball gown. And then you have your brides who are like, oh, I only want flowy. And then they end up getting something fitted, you know? And it was the same for me when I shopped for my dress, what I ultimately ended up wearing and felt beautiful in was nothing like I had ever pinned or imagined I would have actually been wearing for my big day. So I think that's the part that makes, 
you know, wedding dress shopping so unique. And so I don't think, you know, from that perspective, our industry will change much in, in regards to the way that we're servicing clients. I agree. I'm so indecisive sometimes. And so when I see a dress, I may think it's going to look great on me. And then when I get to the store and actually try it on, you hate it's it. like, yeah, I exactly, exactly. And so I don't think I would be able to do a virtual appointment. Maybe, you know, like just to see what's in the store. But for me to actually make a decision and to spend that type of money, as you said, yep, yeah, no, I'm going to have to travel, you know, <laughs> and try it on with my face mask and my shield yeah, and, right. <laughs> and try it on. Exactly. Exactly. Because I don't know what I would do, especially if I saw a dress that I liked and I said, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and swipe the card and I get it. And I just, uh, like, I don't know, like I'd probably break down and cry. Because exactly. there's nothing that I would be able to do except for buy another dress. Exactly. I agree. And I think that that'll, pro- my hope is that'll be the one thing that does change three, four, five years from now is that we'll never have to wear a mask <laughs> during a bridal appointment again, you know, Ooh. after, you know, we clear COVID and people get vaccinated and, mm-hmm. you know, it's not spreading. You know, my hope is that that the trend that we've adopted with having to wear masks and shields and everything that that'll go away. Because I do think that once you see yourself in your, in your dress without a mask, it looks completely different than when you're trying it on with a mask. Exactly. And, you know, I didn't even think about that. Like where you're having to try on a dress with your mask on and you're right. It looks totally different. Yep. Like, are people still having the same, you know, they're tearing up, they're crying, like their mom's crying, you know, like, are they still having that same? Yeah, I, they're definitely still having that same experience. And I okay. think, that's okay. what, you know, we, because unfortunately, that's one element we can't control, mm-hmm. the things that we can control, we try to make sure that we were delivering on those things and even more so, mm-hmm. um, Because like I said, that's a part of the experience that we've unfortunately had to adapt to um, that hopefully, you know, as time goes on, we'll be able to, you know, finally have this experience with the mask removed. Okay. You know, the other thing I'm fearful of is like finally seeing what my brides look like, you know, (laughs) you know, know, when you see somebody that you never met without, you know, without a mask and then they finally take them out, you're like, they look nothing like, you know, like this shows you nothing about exactly, exactly, exactly. And I think we're all very visual people. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing is like when our brides finally get married and they send us photos, we're like, oh, that's what she looks like without a mask. (laughs) you know, the whole experience in the store, she had a mask on, you know, and she was trying on the dress. So that's funny. I started a new job um, in December. And of course, I was wearing my mask the whole time. So, you know, a lot of people, they don't know how I look still because (laughs) exactly their co-worker. (laughs) Exactly. And I wouldn't know who they are either. So (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I am I am hoping that that day comes very soon where we get to actually see what people look like. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if we'll ever go back to shaking hands, if we'll be fist bumping from now till till the end of time. But, you know, I, I am definitely looking forward to the days when the mask is to be removed and we get to actually see what people look like. Amen. Yeah. Hopefully soon. That's right. (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, final question. So thinking about the 2019 or she got engaged in 2019, right? 
And then 2020, she thought she was going to get married, but then she had to postpone her wedding. And now she's thinking 2021 is her year. So what fashion advice would you give her for someone who is just like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Maybe she has a dress. Maybe she doesn't. What, what would you tell her? What would you advise? So my advice would be if you already have a dress and, you know, once you postpone and you're getting closer to actually solidifying what that real date is going to look like, if that dress is no longer a part of your vision, then I would definitely look at um, seeing if somebody would buy the dress from you so that you can use, you know, some of the money from that purchase to go towards your dream uh, dress, um, because I do know the investment that brides make in dresses. The other thing I would advise is if you do plan on, you know, potentially pushing it out a year, two years, I would definitely wait um, because trends will change. Our fashion sense changes all the time. Um, and then I, I do think that those details that you initially are thinking about will probably shift well. And as a part of that shift, I'm sure you, the vision of what you had, you know, think about yourself actually wearing on that big day will change. So I would definitely wait. I just wouldn't wait beyond that six to eight month window from the actual, you know, your actual wedding day. That would be my fashion advice. That's great advice. Really, really great. Thank you. Oh, we could always accessorize that dress. You know, there's always ways to add belts, work with the seamstress to do different things if you do want to keep the dress. Love that. Love that so much. Well, thank you. Now it's time for unsolicited advice. Y'all know what this is. I give y'all advice you didn't ask for because that happens a lot, especially, you know, when you get engaged. So I just want everybody to be on the same page about this. Um I come from a good place when I say this, but my advice for this week is that some of these photographers and the editing that they like to do is not always friendly for Black people. Some of us look ashy. So just be cognizant of that when selecting your wedding photographer, like really make sure that they know how to compliment your skin tone because you do not want your photos to look ashy, okay? You want to make sure that your photographer knows how to capture what you look like, what your spouse looks like, what their family members look like, and all the people that would be in photos that you would print off. That's my advice for this week. Very nice. Now we're going to move into our wedding vendor love. Courtney, who would you like to shout out for this week? Absolutely. So the vendors I would like to shout out is Nathan Everett. Um, the owner of that company is Josiah, and he is a full service wedding planning wedding planner. Um, mm -hmm. He's based in Nashville, but travels as well. The other person I would like to shout out is Kurt Allen. The name of his company is Produced by Ace. Um, Instagram is at Produced by Ace. He's located in Montgomery, but travels as well. He's a full service event planner. Um, amazing. Uh, so those would be the two shout outs I would give besides Winnie Couture Nashville. Love that. <laughs> yes. <Nice. laughs> Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? All right. So I am always trying to find videographers, right? So the videographer um, that I'm actually shouting out this week is based in Atlanta, Georgia. 
Um, the videography company is called Macintosh Brothers Films. So you find them on Instagram at Macintosh Bros Films. That's Macintosh MC, not MAC or anything, and Bros B R O S um, as the abbreviated version of Brothers. And yeah, check them out. I am always trying to find great videographers, so glad to find another one close to home. What about you, Tania? Who are you shouting out? Yes, and so this week, I am actually shouting out an Arizona elopement photographer. Ooh. Yes, her name is Maya, and she has an awesome portfolio. Um, Again, her name is Maya, uh, Maya Papaya Pictures is her mm. information on Instagram and mayapapayapictures.com um, online. She is Black and she lives out in Arizona. She has a bubbly personality. And so if you were out in Arizona, please look her up. Very, very nice. All right. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much. So Thank you, ladies. Where can people find you if they want to go to Winnie Couture Nashville? Um, give us all the good details so, you know, we know how to get to you. Okay. So the best place. So we do have an Instagram page, which is just Winnie Couture. Um, we also have a website, which is WinnieCouture.com. Um, if you go onto the website, um, there'll be a drop down box where you can actually get uh, personal information on each independent store, depending on um, what market you're in. Obviously, you can find us on Google at Winnie Couture Nashville. We're located at 4113 Hillsboro Pike Road in Nashville, Tennessee. We take brides from all over. You're welcome to come. <laughs> Yes, and we would give you the most amazing wedding experience. Um, our phone number is also available on Google. So if you just put in Winnie Couture Nashville, you'll be able to locate our Google page. Like I said, it'll direct you to our booking page as well as our phone number and our email address. Good nice. stuff. Good stuff. We do have listeners in the Nashville area. So. Please, if you are looking for a dress or if you have a homegirl that's looking for a dress, please send her to Winnie Couture Nashville and specifically ask for Courtney. <laughs> yes, please ask for me and you will be definitely will be taken care of. You'll be taken care of regardless. But yes, you can definitely ask for me personally. Well, Tania, where can people find us? Yes, they can find us on huid.com. They can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, and soon YouTube. Yes. And please don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you are enjoying HUID and you want other brides and grooms and even wedding vendors to be able to find us, that review will definitely go a long way. Um, the more reviews we get, of course, the more visibility we get, which means that more brides and grooms and wedding vendors just like you will find a podcast that relates to them and speaks to all the things that they are feeling and experiencing as they go through the wedding planning process. Thank you so much for allowing us to talk with you tonight about bridal fashion and COVID. And, you know, this conversation even made me think that, you know, all right, we're, 
we're we're almost out of this thing. Yeah, like, yes. Yeah. Venues, you know. I mean, you see in New York, also in Nashville, I think they've opened up to 125 people now that you can mm. have a wedding. I think New York is like 125, 150. So mm-hmm. we're, de- I mean, and that's, I, to me, that's been the biggest um, part of the wedding industry that has been impacted is, you know, venue, right? People having to decide if they want to trim uh, their guest size down or if mm-hmm. they want you know, postpone it. And so now I think 125 is much more reasonable than, you know, the 10 or 15 max guest list that mm-hmm. people are having to trim their uh, dates down to. And the other great thing is we'll eventually get back to bridal shows where brides can actually, you know, go to bridal shows and check out different designers and different salons so they can know where to go make their appointments. And so I think there's a lot of great things coming back um, now that vaccines are um, being administered and and we're seeing, you know, uh, death rates go down as well as infection rates. Definitely. Almost there. Well, yes, thank you again. <laughs> thank you again, Courtney. You, I'm sure we'll be seeing you when. Okay. Sounds wonderful. Thank you, ladies, so much for your time. Again, thank you for listening. And we can't wait for you to hear next week's episode as always see you next wednesday bye y'all